The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have hit record and we're gonna say hi you've everyone i'm sorry i didn't hit record before this is such a fun conversation today i am talking with nicole schwartz she recently published the book it starts with you um and if you have kids that are definitely 10 and under you need this book it will feel like a friend having coffee with you spilling her guts and giving you her best her best recovery strategies and gentleness it's such a gentle book nicole i'm so glad you wrote it oh thank you so much i appreciate it <laughs> so let's learn a little bit about you besides the fact you wrote a book mm, yeah so probably the most important thing is i have three girls so i have 14 year old 12 year old 8 year old right now so doing everything I wrote about in the book, I am doing on a daily basis. And as I move into the tween and teen years, I'm doing it all the more. (laughs) Yeah, these ages of with a 15 year old and a 14 year old, those emotional skills that you talk about in this book are like, way more often, we have to address these things and address myself and stay calm in the moment. Right. That's the thing. I mean, I think more than, I mean, I, the younger years have their own challenges. Absolutely. And then these have a new set of challenges that are definitely stirring some new emotions in me. And I have to constantly just bite my tongue and do not respond. It's not <laughs> let the wave roll over you. <laughs> just. Yeah. A lot of reminder of like, this is not an actual emergency, no matter yes. what the energy they're bringing to me is, right. this is not an emergency. Oh, Yes, constantly. That is my mantra. (laughs) Yeah. So I have the kids. Yeah. And then um, I also run a business called Imperfect Families where I write about parenting. Um, I coach people one-on-one over Zoom. um, And I really just try to send the message, listen, imperfection is part of this process. We're not going for 100% in any area. We're just trying to be real, you know, I try to be shame free and judgment free and just realize that we're human. There are great days, there are hard days and embracing those rather than beating ourselves up and moving forward is a great way to progress in your parenting. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. So how did you become a parenting expert? How did you stumble into this? 
Oh my goodness. I don't like calling myself a parenting expert, but I write a lot about parenting and I live it. So I guess, but, um, so I started as a therapist, um, in the early 2000s. So I was working with kids and families in a therapeutic setting. I did worked in homes and in offices and I would meet with kids for an hour a week and then I would send them home. And I just felt like something is missing here. So I slowly started working more with parents and less with kids. And so over a period of time, um, I stopped doing therapy completely. And then I just started working with parents as a parent educator and then a parent coach. Yeah. So, yeah. Did that correlate with you becoming your own mother, like being a mother and seeing how hard it was to be a mom? Um, the journey that in my head through the parenting kind of stuff that I learned started before I was a mom. Okay. So I, I think cause I was working with kids and I kept thinking something is missing here. We are missing, uh, I'm missing something. And at that time we were doing a lot of like reward charts and consequences and things like that. And so I just felt like mm, something's not right. So I think my journey to find more respectful, positive parenting strategies happened before I was a mom. But once I was a mom, everything just <laughs> more clear. And I, I mean, each kid is different. And my first daughter was just, I mean, she challenged everything I knew. I thought I knew. I'll just use the air quotes there. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, living it definitely spurred me on to learn more for sure. So as you um, helped parents and helped kids, what was the missing thing? Like, what was the first light bulb moment that sticker charts mm -hmm. and like threats and consequences weren't yeah. actually um, moving a kid forward? Yeah. Well, first of all, we would spend like hours around these charts, you know, like drawing them out and deciding the points and how many points for this. And, and then like, yeah, there I were TV shows at the time that like yeah. glamorized these charts in the parenting world on mainstream right. TV. Yeah. Yeah. And this is just what we were doing. I mean, I really didn't, there was nothing that there I There was knew. nothing wrong with this at the moment. Yeah. No, but I would come back like two weeks later and the kids would be refusing to do things unless they got a like a sticker or something, or they would be finding loopholes in these amazing charts that we had just created like for hours. <laughs> so I just thought, okay, this, I mean, and the conflict wasn't decreasing. It just felt like it was in the same spot. And so then I started slowly learning um, about brain development and just how our brains work. And, yeah. you know, when we are in um, a high conflict state, our brain is in like an alarm state. That's what I call it. And when we're in the alarm state, we can't think clearly and we can't learn and process. But that's when we're doing all our parenting, right? <laughs> so like, we're the most angry and our kids are most angry. <laughs> so. It sounds like a little shift, like, how did you not know about the brain? But really, I don't think we're talking about it that much. I don't think so either. And even now, I think that parents skip the that part, right? Like, that's why yeah. I want to have this conversation. There's a yeah. lot of talk about the brain on the, between talking heads like me and you. But yeah. like, when you're in that moment with a toddler or a 10-year-old yeah. or a 16-year-old, you don't yeah. realize that like all these alerts are going off inside right. of them. Or right. you. Absolutely. I know. And so then we're in these battles with our kids. And I want to clarify, I don't think there always have to be battles. I mean, for some of us, the alarm state looks like shutting down right. or it looks like hiding in your closet. Right. So there's flight, 
fight, freeze, and fawn, right? In the right. alarm state? Yeah. Yeah. So fight might mean like you're ready for a battle, like you're, mm-hmm. you're engaged, your body feels it. Fight or flight, you might literally walk away or run away. Um, freeze, you might really just panic and not just be standing. And then fawn is a relatively new addition <laughs> for the yeah. last and that's basically like um peacekeeping almost it's it's like going overboard to like keep everybody to subdue it like neutralize right, right. the threat but not right. in a healthy way uh, right absolutely not in a healthy way so um but when we start recognizing that we're in these states and that our kids are also in these states we can pause and we can turn off that alarm before we move on but it's so hard for us as parents because we want to move on. Like, what are the strategies? What do I do? Uh-huh. We just want to move forward. I know. I know. And so on one hand, I feel like it's great information. And also I feel like, sorry, this is going to take a little longer. <laughs> so it's hard to hear. But So when, you're, when you feel like your alarm bells are triggered, let's focus on you, right? Which is yeah. a big part of your book. You yeah. you come apart upon a kid that's having a hard time and they trigger all of your alarm bells. Like no one's in actual danger. Um, right. <laughs> but they're like crying about a snack, but dinner's 10 minutes away and you don't want to give them the snack. Yeah. So how do you calm yourself? Um, to be perfectly honest, it depends on the kid. So I have one child that triggers me more than the other two, which is, I feel bad saying that, but let's just normalize it. I think that's pretty normal in my house and the other moms I talk to, right? Like there's personalities in real life. There are adults that trigger me more than other adults. (laughs) Absolutely. So if it's one of my kids, I can really take a deep breath and I can see her as being little and that this isn't an emergency, like we were saying. And it's... um, it's just her having a hard time. So I can, I can literally do the steps that I think are the most healthy. <laughs> another child, uh, it's much, much harder for me. And, and it has taken me a lot of years to not engage at the same level. And so I think what I've been working on over time is really just seeing... Um, seeing her differently. So instead of seeing her as a kid that is manipulative or trying to get a rise out of me or whatever, all those negative words, it is really helped to see, um, she, there's a lot of shame. I talk a lot about shame in the book, but I do feel like she had, I have learned about her that she has an internal process that she's beating herself up so badly already and that I don't need to add <laughs> a voice to that. And when I can see her as a kid that is that is really struggling, then yeah. I can be a little bit more compassionate and a little bit more supportive. It's not easy, but... No, and it's really hard to be able to pause and recognize those labels that you're already putting on the yeah. kid in that moment. Yeah. So the labels, I think, is pausing and labeling is where I... That's the only place I can get most of the time. Sometimes I can really deep breaths and, and yeah. do all the other things, but really, I'm, it's, it's hard. It's honestly very hard. It's good to hear that it's still, I mean, I, I guess I wish it was easier for you, but I'm glad <laughs> to know that it's still hard and you've been working on it for so long. 
Because for so many people, we see these glossy images of parenthood and motherhood. And, um, and then we think that we're the only ones having this hard time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that is one, one thing that I would really like to, to be more mainstream for more people to talk about that. Even if though I can say all the strategies that I think are best, it doesn't necessarily mean that they should come easy or you should learn them immediately or ever really. So. And it, that's good to know. Like there are certain people that forever are going to make the strategies harder just because of yeah. your energy with them or their personality yeah. that you can practice yeah. all these things, but there might yeah. always be something that triggers you yeah. to not be able to respond well. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to, like, I don't want to give the impression that I'm happy where I am. I mean, I oh, still right. would like to keep working. And I think we should, you know, but I think we also need to hold that with some tension. Like, yeah, this might always be more hard or harder. You yeah. know, I might always have an easier time dealing with one daughter than the other. And that is okay. <laughs> but it also doesn't mean that I want you to just be like, I don't have to work on that anymore. Right. Know. It doesn't mean that you're giving up on the situation and that you're not going to keep trying. Right. But I don't. Yeah. But let's not beat ourselves up if one. Yeah. Well, we don't want our kids to beat themselves up when they make a mistake and we see that they're having a hard time and recover. So how do you allow yourself to have that grace of not beating yourself up? Well, I'm glad that you're bringing up all the things I've been working on for so <laughs> You know, it's just, it is such a work in progress all the time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I think that's what it, what it has been for me too. I mean, I didn't start out being like, <laughs> I don't know, whatever this self, uh, I, I didn't start out using self-compassion. I'll say it that way. Absolutely not for me either. Yeah. Right. But I mean, the more I learn about shame and the more I learn about just how we're wired and learn about perfectionism and all these things, I just think one of our greatest assets is self-compassion. And so I'm not always amazing at it, but it is something that I've been working on, again, for quite a few years to just notice how my voice sounds in my head and then think about like if a friend was in that same position would I say that same thing to her no absolutely not but for some reason it's okay yeah Just, no. yeah and the other thing that I help that helps me in that same moment when I'm in the, one of those rough moments is yeah. is this what I want my kids to say to themselves not even the friend thing yes. but just remembering yeah. like this energy in my head is probably coming out of my mouth too yeah. <laughs> And I want to be aware, is this something I want to hear repeated back to me? Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Again, yeah. If I heard one of my kids saying this to themselves, I would definitely intervene. And oh my goodness, that, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Grace and compassion. Right. And then I go into my bedroom and think the exact same thoughts about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So, so are there strategies you used at the beginning to try to help break this down? So if you have, if we were having coffee with say, well, say my friend Amy, who has like a six-year-old and a two-year-old and one-year-old really close together. Yeah. Life is a little bit hard, right? With those ages of kids. It's um, a lot of physical demanding work. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of opportunities to practice being yeah. calm. Yeah. Where yeah. would you start? Okay. It's not a great overnight success, but I really think starting really small is so beneficial. So you don't have the bandwidth when you're raising any kids really uh, to make these overnight changes, like huge, like all the things you read. Oh my gosh, those are great strategies. So what I say is just start small, give yourself permission to just try something once. Just take one deep breath. (laughs) Just pause for one extra second. And then maybe later pause for two or take two deep breaths. Mm -hmm. I I feel like, again, this goes back to that self-compassion. Like if we can see that, more as a success rather than, Oh, I only took two deep breaths today. You're going to feel more positive and you're going to, you're going to have more momentum to move forward. And so, um, pausing, deep breathing, noticing and naming what's going on for you. That is where I encourage most people to start. So if we can say, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm that person is looking at me. I feel so embarrassed. I, I don't know how to get my I don't know. Right. Child off the floor at Target. Just naming some of that mm-hmm. in a really non-judgmental way. When you're naming it, this is the step that always um, would step like um, yeah. flick me up, right? So, are you labeling this out loud? Are you actually speaking these things, or are you just talking to yourself? I think it depends on you. So, are you uh, the type of person that needs to verbally process it? Then I think that's fair. For some people, I think writing it down is more helpful. Um, and you probably don't have paper with you, but maybe later. Yeah. Um, but I, um, if, if it's just for me, that's just how I process. But I, I, of course, I don't want it to turn into you are making me so overwhelmed, or right. you are causing me to feel this. But I, I think we want to model this for our kids anyway. So if you were to say, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of noise in the house. Okay. I mean, you're not pointing a finger and you're not blaming anybody. You're just noticing it. And I would love for my kids to have that insight too, that they, it's really noisy right now. Great. Okay. We can do something about that. (laughs) Absolutely. Or these lights are bothering me or whatever it is, right? There are so many inputs that we have that if we don't take the time to notice and name them, they just kind of simmer there. Oh my goodness. I think about things all the time, like a dirty kitchen counter or, uh, you know, my pants are too tight. I mean, it's just, they could be really small, but as soon as I say, I'm going to go change into some more comfortable pants, like my whole mood and my outlook on life changes. Isn't it amazing? I was wearing, like, I picked out earrings the other day and I was like, oh, I really like these. But then I noticed they were pinchy and I was like, oh, this doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, but to, yeah. but but to be able to label that, like I could have brought that pinchy energy all day long into my family without knowing it. I know. And that's the thing and where we have to kind of go back to pausing because if we don't take that millisecond to think, what am I feeling? What, am, what is this experience going on? We're not going to be able to know what it is and it's going to just feel big. So even that with the earrings, what a great place to practice, you know, something's bugging me what is it? Oh, I think my earrings are bothering me. I mean, maybe it's so it's... simple. And then to make the choice to actually do something about it instead of just harboring right. on, like right. going on. And sometimes we have to, but when we don't have to, I think it's such a great exercise of giving ourselves grace and also just meeting needs so that we can 
have more capacity to be present with our kids. Yeah. And when we're present, we're really working on this idea of connection, right? Instead of coercion or working towards sticker charts. What does connection look like nowadays? Yeah. um, For me. Yeah. Or or just in general, like when a mom hears connect before correct or like connections kind of a buzzword right now. So I look at connection in three settings. So I look at proactive connection in the moment and then after the dust settles is what I say. So proactively, let's just be in our kids world a little bit. So that usually what people say is 10 to 15 minutes of one-on-one time. It doesn't have to be that structured if that's not how your life works. But I know that there are some days when I have not even looked at my kids. Like I have talked to them while I've been busy, you know, making dinner and I haven't really been intentional about connecting with them. So it's going to look different for every kid, but maybe you sit down and ask them about their day. Maybe you mm-hmm. play a game of Uno. Maybe you go shoot baskets. Um, it really depends on what works for you and then what works for your child. And yeah. maybe you do have to get on the floor and play My Little Pony or whatever for a couple of minutes because that's what really fills your <laughs> Yes, yeah, set a time. I know, because otherwise I'll get up at like four minutes or something. Um, but it's it's not about, I don't want to get too stuck on like the hows because yeah. it's really about what is the result? Does your kid feel seen and known? Okay, exactly. great. You, you did it. <laughs> if there's a little, need some tweaks and, and things like that. Um, and then in the moment, when I say connect before you correct, or when people say that, it goes back to that pausing, taking a deep breath, getting your brain out of that alarm state so you can see what's going on clearly. And connection in the moment might just be <laughs> getting down on your child's level and just saying something like, this is really hard right now, or I know you're upset. Something really simple. Yeah. Um, It might be more of like um, giving them a big hug or helping them stomp it out. I mean, but it's basically going to, we're saying, I'm going to see you as a person who is having a hard time rather than the punishment or consequence that. Right. That you're going to see them as a person having a hard time. In right. that moment, whatever that hard time looks like. Right. It could be anger. It could be tears. It could be lots yeah. of things, right? Yeah. The hard yeah. time. Right, right. And so, I mean, again, I don't like, I don't want everyone to overthink it because connection is going to look different for you yeah. and for your kid. But I mean, for some kids, they do not want to cuddle. They, that would be the worst. I mean, if absolutely. You Physical cuddle, touch would be repulsive right. in that moment. Right. And that's okay. Cause when your brain is in an alarm state, some things can be really um, not okay. So maybe you just say, I see you're having a big, uh, you know, a hard time. I'm just going to be over here. I'm, I'm ready when you're ready, or I will really help you through this when, when you're ready or whatever. Yeah. So it doesn't, you don't have to be in your kid's face. Like we have to connect. In this right. <laughs> yeah. Cause if you, it can feel overwhelming, like there's one more thing you have to learn how to do or like, Right. Yeah. Like so, if, if I don't yeah. connect with them in this way that feels like eyes on me and like a hug yeah. that it feels like, you know, that I've lost my kid forever, they're going to end up in jail. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Catastrophe That's starts to go off in my brain. Absolutely. I know. Yeah. So so kind of, again, see, like make it a little bit of trial and error to see what works. And for each of your kids, it might be different. I know for my kids, um, less talking is better. 
So if I came in and tried to rationalize and reason with everybody, I, I have yeah. learned that too. That yeah. is a hard learned skill for me. Oh <laughs> that I don't, that talking in the hard moments doesn't go over with any three of mine. No. And it's so hard because I can see the solution so clearly. Like if you just would do A, B, and C, it would yep. be over. No, that's not what they want. No, I, but it's not what their brain needs either, right? Like, so we have to be able to let go of control and let them choose and just be yeah. there with them. Right. And that's why I put calm first, because really, that is our priority. I know it feels like we should be teaching and we should be guiding and find this, you know, whatever. Let's just get everyone out of the alarm system first, and then we'll figure it out from there. But yeah, absolutely. Everyone. I love that that's like the number one thing. If we can just be calm in the face of whatever gets thrown our way during the day, <laughs> and then and then make sure that we spend, I don't know, like 90 seconds, something small connecting with our kids. Like nothing, we don't have to, I know I've read all the same things, like 10 to 15 minutes, but that feels so overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And I talk about micro connections and that's just something that I use with my kids. Like I find that if I stop in, I don't know, when they were home for um, doing school at home, like I would just drop like a Hershey yeah. kiss up and walk away or I would you know just add an extra hug as they're walking by or high five yeah exactly or... I call them drive-by connections would be oh, the yeah, language absolutely. I use right like you just kind of want to touch and go yeah yeah or you know what are you working on how do you you know and I think again like if they feel seen by that perfect you're doing a great job and all these things change with the ages of your kids, right? Like with the mm. toddler, you're probably not doing a lot of touch and go connection if you're yeah. the primary caregiver, right? Like you're probably pretty well connected in, in a way that feels overwhelming to you. Right. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but as the kids age up into elementary school and, and doing mm. more and more things as they grow up, it feels like you need to really be intentional about connection in a way that's not the same in early motherhood. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up for sure. Yes. And I do think sometimes people feel like I am with my kids 24 hours a day. I cannot give them any more connection. And that may absolutely be true. And definitely at certain stages in our life, that is true. Mm -hmm. And I also, first of all, you it's okay if you don't add more. So right. we can just say, but if you're together, like I'm saying, if I was technically together with my kids, but not really connecting, right. like I'm working or making dinner, it might be worth it to just say, have I actually intentionally connected? Yeah. Um, but if I, have, I always like to remind myself, I was like, have I seen the colors of their eyes today? Oh, like, yeah. Can, yeah. Did I actually make eye contact or was it all just in passing all right. day long? Um, yeah. And then with older kids, once technology enters their life, mm -hmm. I find like with my older kids that texting memes to my daughters or oh, yeah. sound bites, right? Like we need mm -hmm. to kind of not be uh, scared of technology and parenting in a way to yeah. connect with them. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And for younger kids, I love um, little notes, even yeah. if they can't read, like just put a little post-it like of a heart on their, you know, dresser or something. I mean, and again, if your kids are like crumpling them and not caring, then that's not a great way to connect. Right. For the, you have to try something different then. Yeah. If you're keeping them like in a special box, you know you're onto something. So yeah, absolutely. there are so many different ways that you just get, it's 
when I can take a step back and realize that it's it's my joy to create these opportunities of connection, Mm. right? Like instead of a burden, then I get to be really creative about what they look like. Yeah, yeah. That's a great way to look at it. And I know that some parents are not even to that stage yet. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's okay. If that's where you are, that's okay. So if you're in a spot where parenting feels hard and connection feels like it's not even on the table, Mm -hmm. where do you start? Do you just start with calming yourself and learning your body and your nervous system? That's always a great place to start. I would, I would say across the board, that would be my suggestion. And I also think, okay, what needs are not being met for you or where are things, I, I, I don't know. I feel like burnout is probably another thing that people are throwing out there, but that it's is real. real <laughs> it is real, especially as a primary caregiver. Yeah. It is real. And that's what mom, most moms default as. Right. So instead of saying like, oh, I should push through and do all this, let's just embrace that and and use some self-compassion and really just say where I am right now. I don't know. I'm feeling really burnt out. Okay. What do I need to get some more, you know, capacity or whatever. And maybe that means you need to, I don't know. There could be a number of things like you could go to therapy or maybe you need to seek support from a co-parent or I mean, there could be. Or maybe you need to see if you can free up time in your budget to have someone come clean your house or can you drop off the laundry at a laundry by the pound place or use only paper plates for a whole month? I love that. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I, and I think sometimes we even overthink this, but if, because it's maybe not, you know, talked about enough or maybe people just feel like bad parents if they have to um, use paper plates yeah. or like say I really would like to drink a hot cup of tea that, <laughs> okay that's okay you're you're a person and a human who has needs and that meeting those needs is going to help you be a better parent it's not it, it can feel selfish or yeah whatever. so I think I've shared this before but I'm going to share it again so someone can see a way that I've done this Early on um, in parenting, my husband would deploy a lot on his submarine. And so when he was gone and I had a toddler and a three-year-old, because they're 18 months apart, the way that I could drink a hot cup of coffee without anyone touching me was having them in their car seats, right? So I became a very big fan of my local drive through coffee place because someone would hand me coffee and I could drink it. And they could listen to whatever, Lori Berkner or whatever. I didn't care because I could drink a coffee (laughs) without anyone touching me while it was still hot. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. For me, um, noise canceling headphones is my sanity saver. I can still hear. It's not like they're completely noise blocking, but listen to a podcast or some music. As I age, this is a new strategy, especially with kids that use technology more and they FaceTime with people and all of a sudden our house seems really loud (laughs) of voices that I don't like people we've moved and left behind in different states. And I was like, this is loud. Okay. I need, I need earplugs to like lower it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love that you found a way to take care of yourself. (laughs) Well, slamming the door and telling everyone to be quiet just wasn't working. No, I know. It's true. (laughs) Or stomping around, hoping they would pick up on the message that. (laughs) Yeah. But taking the time mm -hmm. to notice and practice, right? Right. 
What right. What is actually triggering me here? Oh, yeah. I hear 10 voices and they all sound like they're yelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. But again, yeah. And then, so pause and name and then just give yourself permission to not be able to function through that. It's okay. Right. If you can't do that. So well. that's the big thing, right? That we're not yeah. perfect parents. I don't have to be soldiering through that. A perfect parent to me doesn't right. have to be someone that sacrifices their own um, overstimulation. Right. Right. Absolutely. But I, I mean, I don't know if that's modeled for us. So it's okay if that's a big step. Well, I'm glad we can talk about it, though, and admit Absolutely. it to other moms like, hey, I feel <laughs> yeah. like most of the time I'm pretty well connected with my kids and I, I still have rough moments and I need yep. earplugs some days. <laughs> Absolutely. That that sums up my, my life very well. Right <laughs> so, it's yeah. a wild ride of parenting. And I am so glad, once again, that you wrote this book, It Starts With You, as I'll, I'll I don't record the audio when we do this. So, or I record only the audio, not the video. So you can't see, other people can't see all the sticky note um, and lots of highlighting. And so I'm just so thankful that even now I can read this book and be like, oh yeah, here's some language I can use to teach my kids about their brain. Cause that's really where the ages of my kids, I need to be more forthright about like, hey, mom was super curious. Did you know mm -hmm. this is how our brain works? Mm -hmm. And your, your book will also helpful to parents have given me words to help explain our brains a little bit more to my own kids. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm, I'm really happy. Thank you for sharing that. I was going off about dinner, right? Like the timer was beeping and all the things. And I was like, okay, guys, did you know that our brains react this way because of saber tooth tigers? But is this a real threat or not a real threat? Right. Yeah. And labeling that. I think I'm going to yeah. get a saber tooth tiger um, to move around the house or some sort of predator. So right. I can like hold it up and be like... Real threat, not real threat. Right. It's a trigger for myself. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I mean, it takes some time for our brain to realize, <laughs> oh, my child not brushing their teeth is not the same as a life-threatening, Yeah. You know, whatever, chasing. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, right? Like the, the right. waterfall isn't right around the corner. Right. We're not about to plummet. So. Right. Yeah, it's just a kitchen timer. We can deal. <laughs> yep it's amazing parenthood has um and it sounds like for you that it it's opened up this world of mindfulness in a way that you didn't know you needed yeah yeah yes and it has been a long journey and therapy and practice for sure absolutely yeah. so if there was Every episode, we wrap up with a self-care talk and or self-care idea for a mom to go out and do like something so tiny and simple, um, mm. and then a family connection idea. So what are you doing for self-care, or do you have a simple idea for a mom to say, maybe I should try this? Yeah. Um, as I was thinking, I was thinking, what if we tried doing some self-compassion for ourselves? So I know we talked about that yeah. earlier. but. I would encourage people to, to see what works for them, whether it was like what you said, would I want my child to talk about themselves this way or respond this way, or is this what you would tell a friend? Yeah. And just practice. And it might feel super uncomfortable for you, but I do think it's a great strategy for combating those 
know, negative messages that we send ourselves. Absolutely. Because they, they pop up all day long. Yeah. Yeah. We're um, wired for that. So I think right. it's a really good practice. Do you have a resource or someone you'd like to go to when you were learning self-compassion? So the person that comes to mind for me is Kristen Neff. And she, I think her website might be selfcompassion.com. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple, but she has some, um, uh, audios that you can listen to. Um, and so you can practice by learning from her and she has a book too and some other resources, but that's awesome. Yeah. I think that a lot of moms, we hear this word self-compassion, but it wasn't something that we ever saw as a kid. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's new. It's a lot of practice and new. I know. Isn't that, we don't (laughs) be kind, (laughs) just do a little step. Just one step. Don't have to become a self-compassion guru overnight. And it's not something you're probably going to do all day long, right? Like you might find a situation and pop up and say, oh, I should ask, how would I talk? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Make it easy enough that you can do it more than once maybe in your lifetime. So just take it once a day or maybe once a week, whatever. But Perfect. Now, how are you having fun as a family or do you have a family connection idea? Okay. You mentioned this earlier too, but for us, it is memes and videos. And I mean, that's just where my kids are, comedian, whatever. And so they don't have social media accounts. So it's my job to curate the content. And I find the memes and the videos and I, you know, I'm always looking what will each person like. Um, And so then almost once a day, usually once a day, if not every other day, it's like time for the daily meme and the daily video and it's so fun. We love it. And it's fun for me too. Cause I get to look for funny things during the day. So. Right. It's kind of like searching for a love note all day long, the intention yeah. of it. Right. Yeah. And when I find it, I just know I'm like, Ooh, this is it. This is the one. So yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's a fun transition. I don't know about you, but we, we started with like all wooden toys and this very purist, level of we're not going to have technology. And then, and then it broke open on us. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I, like you had said, I don't think we need to be afraid of it. Yeah. And we have, I really worked hard to just be more like a model and a mentor than a, you know, set down really firm limits. And it's been really interesting and really fun. And it is, it has been a good way to bridge that gap as my kids get older and I appreciate it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I always like it when I hear that they then, um, because my girls have cell phones, then that that they shared the meme with someone else. And I was like, yes, super win. I know it really, right. It builds up my confidence as a parent. Like I got it. I'm still, I'm still connecting with the younger generation. (laughs) Exactly. Or I was like, I nailed it with you today. Like I knew what was going to strike your fancy. Right. Right. It's so fun. I, yeah, I like it a lot. So where should people find you besides buying your awesome book? It starts with you. How else that can they connect with you, Nicole? Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm at, M- let me try that again. I'm at imperfectfamilies.com and then imperfect families on Instagram. Fantastic. And that's, I think where everyone hangs out all the cool yeah. kids go check out Instagram. So. Right. And find some great memes for your kids. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being you and documenting your journey and providing a breadcrumb for other 
other weary parents to to try to follow. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.